0: You're listening to probably the best fitness and nutrition podcast where we give you the most important fitness and nutrition advice you will ever need to know. Probably. Make sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram for fitness at Roof Fitness and for nutrition at Stacked Coaching. While you're there, give us a five-star review, rate, review, and subscribe and share it with your friends. Hey, everybody. This is probably the best content you're going to hear today. That's actually not the name of our podcast. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. That. welcome to probably the best fitness and nutrition podcast we have with this, Sarah. I'm going to leave last names off.
1: Just Altabello. It's okay, everywhere right. else. Inside joke. <laughs> Bless.
0: By inside joke, I mean 10 minutes ago, just Sarah and I. <laughs>
1: Sarah, whatever her last name is. I'm here. I'm uh, here.
0: We have with us Emily Schneller, and of course, I am Bradley Schneller. I say, of course. You know all of us. Of course, all of us. So, all right. Let's just jump into this awesome subject.
2: Oh, no banter prior to? What will people do?
0: I don't know. We are standing, <laughs> so we have different kind of energy today. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Okay. All right. Good stuff. All right, so (laughs) I actually wanted to do this podcast because it addresses a problem that I see a lot in the people that we help with Stacked. And so part of the process for people joining Stacked is they get on a free call with either Stephanie or me. And one question that we ask them is, what have you tried to reach your goals? not all stack clients are weight loss uh, clients, but a lot of them are. And we get the answer uh, like, what haven't I tried? Basically. <laughs> so they've tried all of these dietary protocols and they are still left in a position where they want help to reach their goals because maybe they've reached their goals in the past, but it hasn't been sustainable for whatever reason.
0: Put weight back on.
2: They put weight back on. And. So this podcast is for that person who has tried everything under the sun to lose weight. And maybe they've been successful, but it has not been sustainable. And then it seems like every time they try to lose weight, it gets a little bit harder to lose the weight. And then the things that may have worked for them in the past to lose weight start not working. And then it seems like they are eating a very little unsustainable amount of food and still not losing weight and so today i want to talk about why that happens and hopefully what to do to change that going forward
0: all right so how does one arrive at prius status
2: Yeah, so we've talked about Priuses versus Hummers in the past. And what we're talking about there is how efficient your body is at using the energy.
1: Yeah, and efficient sounds like a great word. And most of us think, I want my body to be really, really efficient. But that is not the case when it comes to... This and your metabolism and everything else. You want it to be super inefficient.
2: Right. So we think of efficiency, like Sarah said, as a good thing because of like, you know, reducing carbon emissions and whatever. Right. So we we want Priuses because they are efficient, but we do not want our bodies to be Priuses because what that means is Priuses can go a long way on very little fuel, right? And what we try to do is support your metabolism to turn you into a Hummer. And Hummers can go short distances with a lot of fuel. Hummers are generally hungry a lot because <laughs> they are burning through their fuel quickly. They're not super efficient with using the energy.
0: Well, let's let's start with why your body becomes efficient on a limited amount of calories, right? Perfect. Um, Let's start there. So that is metabolic adaptation at its core. So what your body is doing is it is trying to defend itself from starving. Mm -hmm. So it sees you creating an energy gap in between what you are expending and what you are taking in. And your body is trying to shut down that energy gap by creating more efficiency on a smaller amount of calories. So Mm -hmm. what ends up happening is your knee, which which actually isn't walking, it's not exercise. Okay, it is just fidgeting, blinking, talking fast, moving. um, What
2: includes it's any your knee is any activity that you have outside of intentional exercise. So it is walking.
0: Well, but walking moving around to increase steps is intentional. So it is basic like non. brain function Mm -hmm. movement throughout the day, Okay, Uh, So it will slow that down, and there is nothing you can do about it.
1: Yeah, I tell people, your body is really smart, and your body will triage. And it will say, what are the most important functions um, Mm -hmm. to keep us alive and operable? And it will give the limited calories, and calories are essentially energy. It will give that limited amount of energy to the most important things you need to do to stay alive.
2: Yeah. So people have heard calories in, calories out, the law of thermodynamics. And it sounds super simple, right? Just move more than the calories that you're taking in, right? But it's important to understand that there are all sorts of nuances that our bodies have because we're not simple machines, right? We have all of these redundant systems that Start to fall into place when our bodies sense that food is scarce. So it's literally a survival mechanism. So anybody that has said, like, my metabolism is broken. No, your metabolism is doing exactly what it needs to do in order to survive, or what it thinks it needs to do in order to survive, because of the signaling that you have maybe done through crash diets, yo-yo diets, taking in very little amounts of calories.
1: And then because of that, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it, but your body doesn't like being in this kind of starvation mode so it does things to prepare itself for when it does take in food to hold on to it and adapt so that when food is plentiful um it is it's just trying to protect itself from starving again so it makes regaining weight really really easy
2: yeah so So,
0: how does someone arrive at this point
2: at becoming a prius yeah yeah, it's through yo-yo dieting or through very low levels of calories that you're taking in for an extended period of time. It's, it's, crash dieting. You know, maybe somebody wants to get vacation ready. And so they go on this diet that involves, like, cabbage and grapefruits and whatever, water, lemon water, and that's it for three weeks. And they lose, I (laughs) (laughs) I just named some of Bradley's favorite foods. (laughs) They lose, like, 20 pounds in three weeks. And they look great on their vacation. But then they go into this, like, food orgy afterwards. And it's, like, everything in sight, they want to eat. And it's not just a lack of willpower that is causing that to happen. It is hormonal, like leptin in your body is, you can think of leptin as like the thermostat regulator in your body, right? So when your body has a set point. OK, so same as a room. If the thermostat is set to 70 degrees, the thermostat will go on and turn off to keep the room there. Well, your body has a body fat set point that it likes to be at, right? So if you, if you rigorously lower calories, and especially for a really extended period of time, your leptin will be triggered, and you will feel hungrier. To get your body back to that set point that now, it likes. Right? I've
0: seen a lot of other, I'm not naming anyone specifically, but like nutrition coaching companies point out, like, oh, my client lost 30 pounds in 30 days. And I just cringe. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I'm like, how is that sustainable? No. You know, how is that going to work for the long term? What the hell did you do in order to arrive at a 30 pound loss in 30 days?
1: right and doing something for two or three weeks while it's not great um you you can kind of go back quickly but the person who has done this on and off for 20 years is going to have a much greater metabolic adaptation Yeah. yeah
2: and Bradley, you said something about sustainability we say all the time that the best diet is the one that you can stick to and it's not Just because it's literally because here's the mindset that a lot of people in our society think I like how long did that take that person to lose the weight? Right. And this the subtext behind that question is how long do I have to change my behavior? So that I can go, like, get to where I want to go, so that I can go back to doing all the things that I used to enjoy. Like, they think of dieting as these short term things, right? And it's important to find a dietary protocol or a lifestyle that you can literally sustain because of this metabolic adaptation concept, right? And your body is literally, like, if you diet too too fast, right? Aggressively.
1: Too aggressively
2: to get back to that set point, your body at the end of that will literally have more fat cells. Mm -hmm. It's not just your fat cells growing and shrinking like normally happens. If you crash diet too fast, your body will say, okay, I need to protect myself from future famine so I will create more fat cells in my body. And that's why every time you do it, it gets a little harder because your body is adapting to this scarcity in food that it feels is happening.
0: Which is why we do what we do with our clients in terms of whether we choose a reverse diet or an inverse diet or a cut Mm -hmm. um, with intention. And it's all done carefully played out uh, with levels for three or four weeks, okay, next level, three or four weeks, next level. Um, And it's, we move the needle in small increments uh, so that your body can adapt, but it adapts to it, and then we move it again, adapts and moves, adapts and moves. Yeah, so
2: some people might be frustrated by the slow moving changes and targets that we give people. But I had a, a pretty scientific, I don't normally get all scientific and nerdy with my clients, um, unless they ask. And this client specifically asked, like, hey, why did you set, like, what was your thought process to set my calories? Because I actually increased her calories. And so I explained it to her. And she was like, I, I really appreciate the explanation. But I also appreciate that the whole philosophy behind stacked isn't just to put people in major caloric deficits like i'm always trying to maximize the food that people can eat and still see the progress at an appropriate rate that they want to see so when i explained that to her she was like yes thank you for not like making me feel miserable putting me in a major caloric deficit just so i can throw something on social media and be like look what we did
1: (laughs) yeah and at the base of any Of this pyramid is just, is it sustainable? Is it something you can adhere to? And understanding that your diet isn't... And I say diet as in like your nutrition. The way that you're eating. It's not just what you're eating, but it's why you're eating. Yeah,
0: when we think of diet, let's let's say what we think diet is. Diet is short for us for dietary habits, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not... A short-term thing it's not a block of weeks a block of months it's how you eat just like Sarah said so rather than saying your nutrition we say your diet it's Mm -hmm. how you eat
1: yeah and why and that is where the sustainability comes in and how the best dietary diet the best dietary protocol for you is the one that you can stick to yeah yeah
0: so how let's talk about how someone can then maybe reverse their metabolic adaptation.
2: Can I just go on a rant for just a second? Yeah, always. Okay, I love it. This so- just makes the
0: perfect radio.
2: <laughs> this drives me absolutely nuts. So we as certified coaches are a part of Facebook groups with other certified coaches. These aren't Facebook groups that anybody can join. We're like literally put in them as part of our certification, right? And I'm in several of them. So there is this conversation happening in the coaches world about how clients are lying about their food intake because there's no way that somebody of this size can be eating this little. And it drives me nuts because while calories in calories out is fundamentally true it is a law right metabolic adaptation is also a thing right so that explains the low calorie intake for people that are overweight right
0: can i jump in here for a second go ahead yeah so part of what emily is saying um is that when you become metabolically adapted and we we didn't say this earlier is that your bmr or your basal metabolic rate drops. So when we talked about your NEAT dropping and your fidgeting and you're talking fast and movement and stuff like that, your natural rest energy expenditure lowers.
2: Your total daily energy expenditure lowers because of NEAT um, and your BMR also decreases. Your BMR yeah. is your resting calorie burn. Get it.
1: And I also <laughs> like to add, what might be a caloric deficit for someone when they start. If they are in that deficit long enough, those calories become maintenance because all of these things are lowering.
2: Maintenance is a moving target, folks. So if they are not losing weight, that probably means that they are not in a caloric deficit for them. It does not mean that it is impossible for this overweight person to be intaking a very low amount of calories. I do not believe that people are Liars, right? I think that humans are forgetters, and that's why tracking your food is really valuable and tracking with accuracy is important. But I or deniers, I hate when these coaches are just like, My clients are lying about their food intake. Also, the Hawthorne effect comes into play. So, the Hawthorne effect is changing your behaviors just because you're being watched, right? Even if you're saying, Okay, track your food and what you're doing and I don't tell you to necessarily do anything differently, the Hawthorne effect means that you'll probably do things differently just because you're reporting what you're doing to a coach. We see
1: it 90%. Every time you slow down because a cop car turns onto the highway next to you. Regardless of whether or not you're speeding. You might be going under the speed limit. But for a second, you either brake or you slow down. That's the Hawthorne effect.
2: Right. So it doesn't necessarily mean that these people have been consuming this little calories forever. Like, they got to that weight at some point because they were eating in excess of maintenance. Uh, But anyway, I just don't like it when coaches call their clients liars. (laughs) All right, that's my rant. So
0: (laughs) we take someone who is overweight, eating a thousand calories a day, Mm -hmm. not moving very much. Mm -hmm. What's the plan?
2: Uh, Tracking your food and becoming aware of your intake is crucial. Uh, But then slowly, and I mean slowly, increasing that intake over time. So that's what you hear us talking about, like this person is working out less and eating more and losing weight, how is that possible? That's how we're doing it. We're slowly increasing their calories over time. And we're putting an emphasis on protein first, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Because protein affects that total daily energy expenditure uh, formula as well, because it literally takes calories to burn protein. It has the highest thermic effect of food. So that's why there's such an emphasis on protein. Um, But we're slowly turning up the dial to improve the person's metabolism. And the reason why I want to explain this is because If you are given a calorie target by your coach and you understand calories in, calories out, you might think that you are doing yourself a favor by undercutting that calorie target because then things will just happen faster. And that is not always true. (laughs) Right. Especially for people who have chronic dieted or have dieted a lot throughout their
1: life. Yeah, and this doesn't just apply to someone who is overweight. You can still look very fit, but be, you know, have be metabolically adapted and have kind of, I don't want to say damaged, but changed your metabolism. I had a client about a year ago who was super active. She looked great, but she was eating very little for what she was doing. And I increased her calories like 20 to 25 every two to three weeks. Mm -hmm.
0: From a performance standpoint in the gym, this could also greatly affect you, either for the positive or the negative. Mm -hmm. The more calories you eat um, is going to allow you to perform at a higher level in the gym because it is naturally going to give you more energy. So even if you look great, you're working out all the time, and you are under-eating, it is going to affect your ability to move at a high level in the gym.
2: And thus affecting the whole calories outside of the equation.
0: Yeah. Yes. So anything else to add to this?
2: No, I just want to put a bow on it. And and
0: what color bow? I
2: I just want <laughs> blue. I like it. I want to under I want people to understand how much thought goes into these targets that we're giving people and Undershooting them is not doing any good
0: yeah yeah all right <laughs> all right y'all um if you were interested in stacked coaching go to www.stackcoaching.com we will get you started um as quickly as we can get you indoctrinated we <laughs> will make
1: you as inefficient as possible yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I need
2: to make that a social media post. That is good. Want
0: to be
1: inefficient?
2: That is. Come to stacked.
0: That's a shirt right there. Thanks. All right. And if you were interested in increasing your capacity of work, check out roo.fitness. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace out.
1: Bye. Bye.